everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I have an incredible show for you today with a close friend of mine that is truly laying down his life for the gospel, doing incredible things across the world. And so I want to share him with you today and you will be inspired. You'll be touched by his story. And um, if you are new to the show, we have an episode releasing every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. Um, If you are constantly listening or watching via YouTube. You could also go to YouTube. There's lots of content on there, video content if you prefer YouTube. If you are a part of the Waken Podcast family, always listening, always watching, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. Thank you for sharing, for subscribing, for reviewing this podcast. It has been a blessing. It has helped get this out to more people around the world. I see that our podcast ranks very high in like Thailand and like Australia. And I'm like, well, like, see, I'm looking at all the rankings and I'm like, wow, it's pretty cool seeing where the podcast is going um, outside of America and to different parts of the world. And so thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I want to give as much time as possible to my guest. He is a friend of mine. We've stayed in touch for years. I believe I met him in 2013 when we were serving with Iris Global. We went through Harvest School, Iris Global in Mozambique, Africa. And so his name is David Paterka. David, he founded the nonprofit organization called When the Saints in November of 2011. And David's passion is to bring awareness of extreme poverty and social injustices in our world and to help teach churches and ministries, the role that they could play in really ending these injustices. Um, And so David's got an incredible heart. Me and my wife are partners with his ministry. We believe in what he's doing. He's got so much integrity and a pure love for the Lord. And I don't want to uh, make him uh, bashful over there. I just, I love, I love this guy, man. He's a really good guy and he has a place in our hearts. And so David, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on. I've listened to every single episode, and so it's a little, <laughs> a little surreal to actually be in one. <laughs> I didn't know that, man. I knew you listened to the episodes. I didn't know you listened to every one. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of episodes, man. <laughs> there are. <laughs> Absolutely. That's pretty awesome, man. Well, we met in Mozambique, and um, uh, your ministry touched my heart back then. And um, there's just people that you meet that you know you're going to run with longer than just that short season that you're in with that individual. And something God has put on my heart is to stay connected with people that he has put in my life. When I went to Bible school, when I was an iris, when I travel, I believe that the kingdom is released through relationships. And um, it's always been a belief of mine I'm grateful for because I'm doing life now with people that I met in Bible school in 2009 and 2010. And so it's mm-hmm. cool how God brings us together. And we stayed in touch over the years, man. And so um, it's just, it's great seeing kind of where you were and where the ministry was then and where it is now, which is phenomenal. And so just give us an overview of when the saints, this ministry and and what you do. Yeah, it goes back to 2009. Uh, My church did a three-week teaching on fasting, and uh, two of my friends at the end of the first sermon came up and said they wanted to try to actually fast for 21 days straight during these three weeks that we would be learning about this topic. They wanted to put it into practice. Come on. And uh, yeah, I, I told them, good luck. <laughs> I fasted, you know, <laughs> I fasted once for like three days and felt like I was going to wither away and, and <laughs> die. You know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought I'll join you guys. Maybe I'll go a week and it'll, you know, be a huge accomplishment. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd love to, you know, at least challenge myself a little bit. And somehow 
beyond my comprehension. The three of us were able to go three weeks, 21 days, you know, day and night uh, without taking a single bite of food, just drinking juice and tea. And I was 21 years old at the time, and I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know what the Lord wanted me to do with my life. I um, felt like on the 18th day, I was reading through the book of Luke and read chapter five, chapter six. It talked about how Jesus would often go to lonely places and pray. Mm. And then in chapter six, it said that he stayed up the whole night before he chose his 12 disciples just in prayer. Yeah. Um, And so... I, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to go to bed at nine o'clock on this last night of this fast and wake up at 4 a.m. so I can finally eat because the 21 day fast will be over. Sure. Yeah. And on the 18th days, I'm reading this. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, David, do you really want to do the easiest possible thing at the end of this fast? You know, this time that you've committed to me. Is it really just about getting out of it as fast as possible so that you can say that you did it? And, and yeah, he was just whispering, what if you mm-hmm. stayed up the whole night? in prayer with me on the last night of this fast. And so mm. again, I said, well, that would be uncomfortable <laughs> and difficult. <you> know? <laughs> but I just thought, man, if, if you want me to do this, yeah. you know, I believe that one night in prayer, in your presence and scripture could change the whole course of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And one night, I think I could say that one night of discomfort is worth, you know, walking in the purpose that you have for me. So I just spent, you know, 1130 at night till 6 a.m., Mm. Um, just in prayer, reading um, the second half of the book of Romans. And the Lord just did a lot in my life. And I, you know, can't go into all the details. Um, But, um, but yeah, I just felt like the Lord spoke two things that night. He said, one, I want, you know, you to somehow help girls who have been sexually abused, forced into Mm. prostitution, trafficked. uh, And I want you to mentor and disciple men and help them walk in sexual integrity. And so, yeah, just to summarize everything that I'm doing right now with my life, mm-hmm. you know, um, is because of this one night in January of 2009 when the Lord whispered to me. That's awesome, bro. So why Malawi? How did that wind up happening? Because that's like a springboard, right? You had this, you, you had this time of fasting and the Lord really honored that. And he spoke to you um, during that time, kind of framed your destiny. We all have these moments where the Lord really sows destiny into our hearts, whether that be through um, a scripture that stands out at us, or we have a dream, or God really speaks a vision to us or pours passion into us. And so God began to kind of frame up your destiny and what you're going to be doing. When did that kind of become clearer in terms of what you're doing right now? Like when did when the sta- you know, when the saints, or did that take some time? Yeah, I still entered into, it was a good um, year and a half where I just spent a lot of time in prayer. I found out that you can get a degree in missions and, uh, you know, just wow, <laughs> yeah, studying. Come on. Yeah, I had no idea, you know, studying college to be a missionary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I convinced my parents to let me, you know, just study to be a missionary. Sure. Uh, yeah. So as I'm, you know, finishing out kind of this uh, two-year program, I just spent a lot of time. I, I remember going to the map in the hallway of the school I was going to and just standing there praying, God, just let, you know, a reflection of light shine onto a country so that I, I know this is where you're calling me. Mm-hmm. And you never did that. Sure. <laughs> we, want, we want them to do it how we want them to do it, right? Like that's how we yeah. want them to do things. Uh-huh. But yeah, just in this period of kind of an incubation time, mm-hmm. uh, the, the country of Malawi started to come up in my life. And, you know, over the course of, uh, these couple years, there were six, what I felt were random occurrences of this country of Malawi that I'd never heard of, you know, up until this point in my life. 
Mm-hmm. And so by, by the fourth one, I thought there's no way that this is a coincidence. And so, you know, halfway through 2010, I remember my pastor, we were having breakfast and uh, I was telling him, you know, about uh, just what, I don't know, just, he was asking me a lot of questions mm-hmm. about how, how this vision that I feel like the Lord has given me uh, over my life could be played out. And so he just asked me, you know, do you feel called to a specific country? And so I told him about Malawi and it was, yeah, it just kind of seemed like kind of the opposite of, you know, South, Southeast Asia is kind of known to be a place that's more of a hub mm, of a lot of traffic, human trafficking or yeah, sexual mm-hmm. exploitation. And so I just kind of, at first assumed that that would be the place I would go. Um, Malawi is 83% Christian when it was the fourth poorest country in the world. When I was first doing research on Malawi, uh, a travel guide agency rated, they did a study on joy around the world and they rated joy, the third most joyful country in the world when it was the fourth poorest country. Wow. And so, yeah, there were just a number of things that started to intrigue me, but at the same time, I felt like this seems like one of the last places, you know, the, the Lord would send someone to try to deal with sexual exploitation and these, these different kinds of injustices. And so my dad and my pastor in uh, March of 2011, we planned a trip. We did a little fundraiser in our church to raise the funds to go. And the three of us went, it was the scariest day of my life. Mm. I thought, what if we get here and we just don't find a need, we don't meet any connections, whatever, you know, it might be, we go back home and I have to tell everyone that I've been telling, I feel like the Lord is calling me to this country that I heard it wrong. We got to find another country. You know, there's that <laughs> faith so- element right there, man. There's the faith <laughs> element. And before before we move on, I just love pinpointing things in your story. God encountered you in that fast. He began to speak to you about your destiny. You didn't get maybe um, exactly direct words to do this or that, but. God spoke to you about a missional calling, so you went to a Bible school to be a missionary, <laughs> right? You went to a school to get a mi- to, to get a missionary degree to immerse yourself in that. That was a step of faith. You're you're mm-hmm. acting, or at least you might have not gotten like a, a dream or like a word directly, or maybe you did. I'm not sure, but you began to say, you know what? If this is the direction God's calling me, I'm going to begin walking in that direction. I'm going to learn about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invest in this thing, so I'm prepared for whenever God calls me. Um, and so I just feel like that's really practical keys for people right there. If God's Mm -hmm. put something in your heart to do, then get yourself around people who are doing it, you know, start investing in that area of your life so that you could learn and really prepare yourself for whatever God does want to talk to you. Cause he might not give you immediate direction. And now Malawi Mm -hmm. starts popping up everywhere. God's confirming things like he loves to do. He loves to confirm Mm -hmm. things to his children, especially destiny things, especially big things in our life. And, um, and now there's some risk involved. There's some, there's some faith here, man. You're, you're stepping out and you're getting money from people to go and do what you feel God's called you to do. And there's, there's risk involved. So God loves that faith element. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I like kind of pulling key stuff out sometimes because there's people like, wow, like they, they, they want to learn how to hear God's voice and walk in their destiny. But mm. anyway, can, can continue there's- the story, bro. I love that. But yeah, let me add one one aspect to that sure. because before uh, the the fast and going into this night of prayer, I had been walking in an eleven year addiction to pornography, mm. and uh, the biggest idol of my heart that I struggled with um, heavily, which was linked to pornography, was finding my identity in the opposite sex and what they yeah. thought about me, and finding mm-hmm. my validation and my sense of importance, and just all those things, even mm-hmm. my sense of masculinity mm-hmm. in what what girls thought about me and if I could mm-hmm. impress them and if I could make them laugh and 
Um, you know, we're created to find our identity and our value in one being in the universe. That's right. And when we, woo, when we <laughs> try to find that in anything other than him, then it, it's, you know, we're walking in idolatry in our lives. And so mm, all of a sudden, true. when I feel the Lord speak this calling over me, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh man, I've been, and oh, another aspect of this for about three years, I had been um, just doing a, a number of various things to try to get freedom uh, from this, this addiction, mm-hmm. specifically to, to pornography and, and had been failing miserably for over three years. Mm-hmm. I would go a couple weeks, I'd go a couple months, and then it seemed like the longer I was free from it mm-hmm. in those short periods of time, I would fall even heavier mm-hmm. into it. And so when all of a sudden he's saying, you know, I've created you to help see an end to sexual exploitation. I felt like I was part of the problem. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that was also really scary. I think, you know, just, yeah, just one kind of other highlight, I think when the Lord speaks and when he starts to step in is, uh, I believe that a lot of times the purpose that he has for us has us walking through probably the greatest element of, you know, slavery of idolatry in our heart, because he desires for us to get freedom from that. And so mm-hmm. five days after the end of this 21 day fast, I'm sitting at my kitchen table, literally having a conversation with God saying, I think that pornography is going to be a part of my life forever. I've done everything that I can to try to free myself and nothing's worked. Mm-hmm. And so God, can you just help me? It's going to be embarrassing if 10 years down the road, <laughs> it comes out that I, yeah. you know, have this, this problem and I'm, you know, working with this ministry and, uh, just supernaturally, uh, as I was praying, mm-hmm. he, uh, I felt something hit me in the chest and I just felt like something broke off of my heart that wasn't supposed to be there wow. and then just started floating away into outer space. And I believe that I supernaturally got instant healing and freedom from this addiction that so I'm, I now have been walking in freedom from uh, since that moment. Not that I'm perfect and I never lust, but I'm definitely no longer a slave to Come that on. sin. Come on. Yeah. It's super encouraging, man. <laughs> For so many people out there that are struggling with that, there is freedom available Mm. for every single person watching this, listening to this right now because of the shed Mm. blood of Jesus, because of his broken Mm. body, because of the finished work, we could walk in freedom. And I love that testimony, bro. So many people um, don't like getting that vulnerable, sharing that part of their testimony, but there is so much freedom. Um, I don't know, dude, I just love, because that's that's your story, bro. And you get to release that Mm. to people and people get to walk in that and and get hope that they could walk in that same freedom. And Mm. so cool. Cool, man. So you went to, so you went to Malawi and you're a little bit nervous about like, wow, maybe I missed God here. And I got all these people rallied up and excited about Malawi. So what happened when you went there? So before we left, we, I jumped on Google, found as many organizations as I could that were, that were working in the similar field of, uh, you know, gender-based violence, child abuse, <clears throat> just found six organizations, sent emails to them and, uh, only heard back from one person in the whole country of Malawi that we had, you know, a potential connection to. Mm-hmm. And um, she said that she was real busy. We were just traveling from Sunday to Friday. She said she couldn't meet at all Monday through Friday. But if we could, you know, after getting off a plane and traveling 29 hours, if we could uh, have dinner with her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would be the only time on Sunday evening. And so we sit down to dinner um, with this woman, Emma, and she founded the Malawi Human Rights Resource Center. And uh, we just explain my dad and my pastor and I, and we just say, we feel like the Lord might be calling us to this country uh, to potentially start some kind of safe home or partner with something. If there's something like that already here, mm-hmm. you know, and just add value and come alongside of something, not necessarily reinvent the wheel. And sure. uh, 
Yeah, she leans forward, her jaw drops open as we're talking. And then she says, for the last 14 years of my life, I've been praying and I've been trying to open something exactly like that. And there's nothing like it anywhere in the country. And we fail to find partners and resources uh, to build something like that. And she said, I'll do whatever I can to help you. (laughs) So, you know, a couple hours after we get get off the plane, we meet this woman that just says, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do whatever I can. Mm. I, we just did a study across the country in 2010. Uh, and we found the city that has the highest ratings of gender-based violence. And mm-hmm. I know the senior chief personally, and I'll introduce you to him. I think he'll be so happy to know that uh, you're willing and interested in doing something. Amazing. So yeah, then just, yeah, we yeah. end up meeting the senior chief. He calls this huge meeting of 62 other chiefs and, you know, people in the community, leaders in the community. And, um, you know, they gift us 12 acres worth of land, probably wow. twenty dollars to $30,000 worth of land to say we're they willing to sacrifice. To yeah, for free. Oh, they said we're willing Jesus. to sacrifice as a community. We see value in this. We would be so honored to not have the reputation across the country of Malawi as a place that grown men go to do these horrible things to young girls and to, to have this, you know, safe home uh, be, <laughs> being the first one in the mm. country of Malawi. Wow. It would be a huge privilege for us. So it was so beautiful, you know, just to see the community's willingness to partner and invest and sacrifice to to see this come, you know, come to their community. Bro, you see a co-laboring aspect of this <laughs> so much, man. A labor of love, but a co-laboring because the Lord began to speak to you and you began to put footsteps to it. Faith that works is dead. You put foot mm. you put footsteps to it. You did your research. You were faithful to what God was putting on your heart, what you felt he was putting on your heart. And as you took steps forward, God began to bring the right connections and people into your life. I find that to be so important because people just wait for connections to fall in their lap. They wait for the next step to just be obvious and apparent to be shouting at them. No, God's putting something in our hearts and it gets clearer as we walk forward in faith, kind of blindly sometimes, not knowing what's going to work and what's not going to work, right? But we're like being faithful to what God's put in our heart. And then the Lord's bringing the right people in your path. And then all these things start to fire off. Wow, like God's been involved this entire time. And so you were gifted with land and now you're thinking to yourself, well, where do we start, right? Or did you did you kind of have a map or a little bit of a game plan? Um, so at that point, we went back to the US and started working toward uh, starting a 501c3 nonprofit, you know, mm-hmm. ministry, because we weren't sure if we would, again, partner with someone and come alongside of someone or start something ourselves. We sure. weren't positive and we didn't want to kind of jump ahead of ourselves. So we thought, okay, this is something that uh, it looks like we're going to have to start in mm-hmm. Malawi. Um, and so, yeah, we got, you know, in November of 2011, uh, later that year, we finally got, you know, 501c3 status we launched with a dinner banquet we had 168 friends of ours you know come together for a Mm. dinner we told them the story of being given this land and uh, what the lord has called us to and raised our goal going into the night the lord had laid the the number thirty thousand dollars on my heart to to start working toward construction of the safe home and we raised it was like twenty nine thousand six hundred and something dollars (laughs) (laughs) you throw in the extra few hundred okay it's 30 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's just so incredible um you know to yeah to see you know uh just the lord providing uh the needs to allow us to start construction and mm. 
you know, continuing to fundraise slowly and, and slowly doing construction with yeah, what yeah. we raised took a, a number of years. And so, so yeah, then, you know, as we're kind of just working on fundraising, working on construction, I, I heard about uh, the Harvest School of Missions where we met each other in mm-hmm. 2013. And so the safe home hadn't, you know, hadn't quite opened um, sure. at that time when I met you, but I took a, took a break from Malawi and took this crazy train ride across the country <laughs> of Mozambique up to, up to, uh, to Harvard school where, where we met then. Yeah, dude, God's grown mm. you and your ministry so much, man. So I want, I want people to get a good picture of what's going on over there because you don't only have a vision to, um, touch the oppressed and to see the oppressed set free, but you have a vision also to see the oppressor set free, to see the men or the women, whoever is the oppressor in that country, to be set free, to be discipled, to be healed. And so anyways, bro, I remember when me and you went to Cambodia, it was hard. Like I mean, me and you went to Cambodia together. We're thinking like, oh my God, like, you know, it was like the paradigm in Mozambique. I began to speak to me going to Cambodia, like, okay, well, we can't just hate the people who are the oppressor. We have to hate the evil that they're in bondage. Mm-hmm. We have to hate that evil. And that is evil. And we have to call it that. But at the same time, they are a lost child of God. They are lost. They are broken and they need to be healed and set free as well. And also those who are being oppressed, obviously they need to be set free, brought to a place of purity, discipled, covered, you know. And so anyway, I think it's a beautiful aspect of your ministry. You're not just focusing on the oppressed, but also the oppressor and kind of um, just give us more of a glimpse because I want people to feel the heart of the ministry because I truly believe that God wants to bring more people in partnership because all the wonderful things you're doing. Yeah. So just to kind of hit on one other thing that was a part of my background growing up, um, my relation with my dad was, was not great. And, uh, just to summarize, I felt like overall that I was a burden to my dad that he, you know, I was just someone that he didn't want to be around. And, um, and so, you know, in January of 2009, when I feel like the Lord is, is saying a big uh, half of what I'm calling you to is to, to disciple men, that, that was something that, I was not at all excited about. I put way on the back burner and said, well, we'll focus on this part and maybe we'll get to that part later. But it wasn't something that I was at all intrigued by or excited about because honestly, all through high school into college, 90, you know, 95% of my friends were all girls uh, because I kind of projected the way that my, I felt my dad felt about me onto just all guys and just Mm -hmm. felt like, well, no guys want to be around me. You know, Mm -hmm. all guys think uh, Mm -hmm. that I'm a burden to them. And so... So yeah, um, when we cause so now jumping forward, when you know, we go to Malawi, we start making regular trips, um, spending about half the year there as we're doing construction. We thought, you know, let's develop relationships. I love what you said about mm-hmm. ministry being done through relationship, and yeah. um, and uh, let's do evangelism. We don't just have to wait for the safe home to be open, and you know, a few years down the road. Um, and so instantly in 2011, we start showing the passion of the Christ, and you mm-hmm. know, have Chichewa. Uh, mm-hmm. words placed over the video or preaching the gospel where, mm-hmm. you know, calling people up for prayer individually. Mm-hmm. And then when we were finally able to open the trauma counseling safe home, um, it was amazing to see our counseling department then start partnering with the evangelism department. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when a girl would come into the community and the different challenges that she was facing, when a girl is abused in Malawi, she in the eyes of the society, she kind of loses all of her value and is seen as trash and no longer mm. valuable to the society. And so to be able to go into those communities where a girl has come into our program and then, you know, especially when they're about to graduate, we'll go show the passion of Christ, we'll preach, you know, uh, the gospel and pray over people. And it just creates uh, a much more 
conducive environment to the continued journey of healing for these girls. You know, I mean, they're as young as three years old. Uh, we partner with the victim support unit of the police station in our community, and they send the cases of what is called defilement to us. Mm. And uh, there are seven victim support units within 45 minutes of us. And right now, so yeah, just to kind of frame, you know, the scale of where we've come, we have 57 staff members uh, as, as Win the Saints. Uh, we've Amazing. had 207 girls come, you know, into our program. They stay for a year. Uh, we have 44 girls currently in our program. We opened dorm three not too long ago. So we're growing up to a maximum capacity mm-hmm. of uh, 54 total. And um, so, yeah, just, just to kind of then come back to your question. Um, we started realizing that, you know, we're partnering with the police. We've, we recently even raided four brothels. We brought eight girls out of these, you know, situations where they're being abused in brothels and the Holy spirit really just started bringing to mind, you know, David, Mm. another big part of your calling is to minister to men, Mm. you know, and, um, and he just started revealing to us as an organization you know, the, the, I mean, just the heart of the message of the gospel that when you were an enemy and when I was an enemy to Jesus, he laid his life down for mm. us. He pursued us in our rebellion, yes. you know, and he came after us. And in um, John, you know, first John chapter three, verse 16, it just talks about how the only reason why we know what love is, is because Jesus did this for us. And we're then called to do that for others. And mm. so we just, you know, started honestly understanding that if we only focus on helping these girls who are being abused and we bring them out of these abusive situations, we would be creating a void, an empty position where the same number of men will be wanting to abuse the same number of girls. And indirectly through the success of mm-hmm. our ministry, other girls could just be trafficked who wouldn't have otherwise been brought into these abusive situations by traffickers to meet this demand. And so the Holy Spirit just started saying the only true sustainable solution to see really, a, a, you know, uh, an eradication or reduction of sexual abuse has to include ministering to men and helping them walk in freedom, walk in sexual integrity. So we've gone on to train up. Yeah. Men's ministry group facilitators. We have seven weekly meetings um, with anywhere from our biggest group has 80 men, 80 plus men in it. You know, some have 10, 15 men and we just, you know, have Bible studies, talk about sexual integrity and help them uh, walk in that. So you could really like you're you're being a part of eradicating sexual abuse in family lineages. Like like, mm. like think about it. One person gets saved that um is a potential abuser or is a is is an abuser, right? Because they have that that issue, then they, mm. they get saved and impacts their children and their children's mm. children when maybe that child would be raised in that environment of darkness and then replicate that or that same spirit, that familiar spirit would attach itself to that child. And that child would also become very similar to what their father would, you know, it was or is. And so I just feel like, man, it's, it's beautiful because it's touching generations. It's generation to generation. I don't know if you think about it that way, but it's, I I feel like, man, like when one person gets saved, like the apostle Paul said to the, to the guard, he goes, you and your entire household will be saved Mm -hmm. if you believe. And so like the man of the household gets saved and then the children follow suit. And now you have a generation of children in that family that will not replicate darkness, but release light. And so, um, that's powerful, man. I love that. Yeah. When we launched, we were just kind of curious, how are men going to respond, you know, to, to us wanting to talk to them about Jesus? How are we going to even approach these men? And so, 
Our first plan about three years ago was let's go into a, a hotel in Ponela. It's about 50,000 people. We're an hour north of the capital of, L- of, L- of Malawi, which is called Lilongwe. Mm-hmm. And um, so our country director had a connection to kind of the fanciest hotel. And I remember walking around meet with the owner saying, yeah, you can use this facility and, you know, for your meetings. And I was, my heart was as not at ease. I was just feeling uncomfortable and the Lord mm-hmm. brought to my mind a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, I think it starts maybe at verse 16, if I'm not wrong, but it just talks about, you know, Paul is saying, consider yourselves when you are saved. Not many of you were well-educated. Not many of you were wealthy. Not many mm-hmm. of you were influential. God has chosen the poor things and the unlearned things and the despised things of this world to shame and to nullify the strong, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember yeah. turning to our country director and uh, I, I could tell he kind of had a similar look. I was like, what are you feeling? He's like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a good fit. I was like, yeah, I know. Me too. Is there some kind of just run down, dirty, you know, <laughs> hotel that's not fancy like this one uh, that has the only pool in our you know, city? And yeah. so he's like, I know the exact place. There's a, there's a street that uh, everyone in Ponella refers to as Devil Street. And it's a line of bars. Mm-hmm. And right at the end of Devil Street, well, okay, so us as When the Saints, our staff, we, we all uh, now refer to it as Jesus Street. We say we're not going to just allow, yeah, we're not yeah. going to allow Satan just to have this place. Here you go. This is, you know, this is your hood. We won't mess with you. It's like, no, we're going to reclaim that. In the name of <laughs> That's right, dude. That's right. Yes, I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, we go to this hotel called Zamalaulo. It means you will see amazing things here, hmm. you know. And uh, so we show up at this hotel. We we asked the manager, "Hey, can we offer a free meal to all the res- you know all the people staying here, all the guys here tonight?" Because one other detail about Punella, it's right in the middle of the most fertile region in Malawi. Uh, tobacco brings in seventy two percent of the country's income. Uh, so there's just tens of thousands of farmers, and then there's two tobacco auction floors, thirty and forty five minutes north and south of of our city. Mm-hmm. So all these farmers from March to September dehydrate their tobacco, sell it on the market. They're away from their families. So that's one of the big reasons why this city has the reputation that it does of these grown men, you know, having money and being away from their families, um, you know, doing these things uh, with young girls. And so, mm. yeah, the, you know, let's try to meet some of these, these men in these, in this hotel. So we knock on all the doors and we invite them to a free dinner where we say, we're going to tell you about Jesus as, as we eat together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so seven men in this like little, you know, hotel, uh, come to this dinner and uh, we preach the gospel and four of them want to give their lives to the Lord. And I just remember at the end, one guy named Tom Sip comes up to me and just says, man, it's exactly like what you said. You know, you said that sexual sin, it might feel great in the moment, but it leaves you feeling just empty, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's my life. I, I do a lot of sexual morality and it just, I, I, it feels great in the moment. I hope that it'll fulfill me in some way, but I always just, mm-hmm. I'm left feeling empty and I want to know more about Jesus, you know, as you're telling that, that you were talking about. So just a quick summary. He, you know, I gave him a solar powered audio Bible because he's like, I got to tell my friends about this, you know, and I kept in touch with them and it grew to like 13 and 15 and 20 men that they're listening to the solar powered audio Bible and having these Bible studies. And he's just telling them, I would, I know exactly this lifestyle that you guys are living because I was there and there's something way better. There's something way more, more fulfilling. Mm. And so he's been telling all his friends about Jesus. So good, man. I love that. <laughs> so good. And so right now you have a safe home, you have a school, 
Um, you're doing discipleship with men. Tell us about all the different um, ministries that are kind of, or all the different, you know, tell us about, you know, if there's more going on, you know, I want to kind of see the inward workings of everything that you guys are doing over there um, in Malawi. And then kind of what the Lord, you've been telling me recently, the Lord's been really highlighting, you know, within the country, kind of, uh, you know, the what, what you guys are doing. And so tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about where you are today and what God's been doing. Yeah, we've just seen a lot of growth, a lot of favor. You know, we were worried as everyone was uh, with COVID. A lot of uh, organizations, you know, saw a lot of scaling back of donations. A lot of churches had to cut back in budgets and things like that. But we've just seen significant growth Mm -hmm. uh, in the last two years where we've almost doubled each year um, with partners and donations. It's been uh, just incredibly beautiful. And uh, the ability to very rapidly you know, build dorm three about five, six months ago, we're currently building dorm four. Mm-hmm. So to go from, you know, 36 up to 54, uh, five, six months ago, now to 72 in the next five months when we finish dorm number four and, uh, yeah, have our counseling, our team of five trauma counselors partnering with our, you know, evangelism team as they mm-hmm. go out at least once a month and mm-hmm. going into, these these villages that are targeted to mm-hmm. you know do community sensitization and help um not to just one quick note i love you know one of my favorite things about the gospel is when you go into any community any village any city anywhere in the world it's not about exporting your culture you know american christianity mm-hmm. around the world uh it's about bringing the kingdom of heaven and the culture of heaven to every country every country every people you know they're they might have certain idols that they kind of lean toward that are blind spots to them you know you can talk to someone in malawi and say well America is dealing with this and this and this. And then people in America can be like, well, Malawi is dealing with this and this mm-hmm. and this, you know? And yeah. it's so easy for us to see kind of the, the sins in, in other people. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the, just the most beautiful things about the gospel is when you proclaim the gospel of Jesus, uh, it will eradicate the detrimental aspects of any culture, you know, any idol, any sin. Uh, it, it just, yeah, pushes that back, breaks strongholds. That's but then right. it also exemplifies, it's not just about being against things, it exemplifies the beautiful attributes yes. uh, of that culture. And so that's just, you know, a lot of fun to, you know, yeah, to celebrate, you know, yes. the, the cultural style of singing and dancing and, and uh, you know, uh, just oh, kind I've of- I've seen you, bro. I've seen you dance on some Instagram <laughs> videos in Malawi. I've seen you get it, get, get down with it, so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to get a little too old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. so good, man. No, but that's good. Nice. One of my favorite things ever was being in Africa and Asia and dancing and kind of getting getting to their level and enjoying their culture, <laughs> eating their food. Like that's missions, man. You know, we don't go in saying like trying to colonize and try to make everybody like American Christianity. <laughs> like you said, no, we're going in. And like Heidi always says, we're going low and slow. And we are kind of meeting them where they're at. We're looking them in the eyes, you know, we're eating their food, we're dancing with them, we're enjoying the good aspects of their culture. But at the same yeah. time, the things that are trapped in darkness, the gospel, mm. you know, we begin, you know, we begin to bring the gospel and the light of the gospel where those things get eradicated and conform to the truth. And so, but anyways, I love that, man. Yeah, then, you know, we we up until recently, we never really announced our presence in Malawi, you know, to government, to the ministers uh, of social welfare, the minister of gender and, you know, things like that, because we felt like we're already just struggling to keep our head above water just with, you know, we're having to turn away a lot of cases just from one victim support unit out of seven within a 45 minute drive of us. Mm -hmm. If we start, 
you know, kind of announcing our presence, it's just going to result in an influx of more people saying, well, can we send this case of, mm-hmm. of abuse to you as well? And we're just going to have to continue to reject more and more people because these other six BSUs have all already expressed to us, mm-hmm. please let us know when you have enough space because all the cases of abuse we're just having to send home, yeah. sometimes back into the homes where they're being abused on an ongoing basis. And we just tell them, we'll try our best to gather evidence, you know, and have these men arrested. But uh, so, yeah, we just we had just kind of postponed and delayed, you know, really almost not intentionally, but just kind of almost trying to keep our our presence secret. And mm-hmm. finally, we just said, you know what? Uh, we, I don't know, let's just start announcing our presence. We feel like we've gotten a pretty good uh, foundation and uh, let's just see what the Lord can do. You know, as we, we um, kind of have an official opening ceremony, even, uh, even though we've been up and running for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so on December 2nd, we, you know, just uh, invited all kinds of government officials. The first lady of Malawi came, the minister of gender was there, just these, you know, huge influential people across Malawi. We had this huge ceremony and, you know, they saw, they, so many of them were saying, we had no idea something like this was in Malawi. You know, this is amazing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing our compound and, um, you know, every news station from across Malawi was there filming everything that was happening. And we've gotten so many amazing reports, so many people that are so excited. And so one thing I wanted to say back in 2013, you know, Michael and I, as we were, um, he was kind of like our group leader of our, you know, our cabin. And uh, we were spending some time together in prayer. And I just remember he, he turned to me and he said, you know what, man, I'm seeing, uh, you know, just cameras, like, you know, filming you, interviewing you. And uh, this was before our safe one was even open. And uh, I don't know, it was just kind of, yeah, scary for me. It was humbling for me. I thought, ah, well, that's not what I'm really doing ministry for to, you know, to, to be on camera or whatever. But yeah. if it happens, you know, I guess it's, that's cool. You're like this guy, Michael Lombardo, I was just thinking about fame. My God, cameras. This guy's heart's not in the right place. Jeez, get behind me. You didn't tell me that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but I, I held on to that, you know, I just, uh, I was like, I believe that that will come to pass. And so Mm -hmm. I remember on December 2nd, I was wondering, you know, uh, I wonder if this is a day, if it's not, no worries. If it's another Mm -hmm. 10 years, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll just see, you know, Uh, yeah, we don't pursue fame, but sometimes the Lord, you know, brings it to us and, Mm -hmm. and I want to do everything that I can to point, you know, the, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise to the name of Jesus. And so, you know, um, at the end of this, this ceremony and speaking and pointing people to, you know, I got to speak for a few minutes, mm-hmm. uh, pointing people to Revelation chapter three, all of our earthly accomplishments, all of our crowns will cast at the feet of Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, and say he is alone, uh, worthy of all of our praise, you know, for everything that we've done on earth. You know, it, it was uh, in, in, his, in his ability, you know, in his power through us that we did those things and it was for his name. And so, yeah, sure enough, they're, you know, they're interviewing the first lady and these, these big people. I'm just kind of chatting and thinking that, ah, they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to leave. But sure enough, they come over and they're like, oh, we need to interview this guy, you know, yep. like the founder. So yep. I got this picture of, you know, all these cameras interviewing me. So I, I sent it, you know, over to Michael and he said, message, I believe right? that this was the fulfillment of what you spoke way back in 2013. So that was incredibly exciting. That was cool, man. That made my heart so happy. And honestly, man, and this, I felt when you when you said that to me, I felt like that's the what happened on December second is just gonna be like, um, it's just a phase of the fulfillment of that. I think it's just the beginning. And when I think about it and I pray about it, I see it on a larger scale. That's it's amazing what God did over there in Malawi, and I believe it's just a taste. 
And I think that it's just like phase one of the fulfillment of that because I see, <laughs> I really do. I feel strongly in my heart, bro, that um, people in America, people in different parts of the world, not just Malawi, are going to be able to see what you are doing and partner with what you are doing. And it's going to be on a grander scale than anything you could ask mm. or imagine or think right now, according to the spirit of God mm. working on the inside of you. And so anyway, I just released that to you, man, because I just feel like mm -hmm. this is phase one and there's some more phases coming and it's going to be on a grander mm. scale before more people so that the world can mm -hmm. partner with what you're doing in Malawi, because it's not just, and I feel the Lord, bro. It's not just, mm -hmm. it's God is going to be, he's starting in Malawi and he said, he's putting a spotlight on it now, but the world mm -hmm. is going to be able to see and partner. And so, mm -hmm. amen, bro. Amen. Come, Come on, on, man. Oh, yes. And I pray <laughs> that this podcast, not for awakened podcast sake, but honestly, this has been mm -hmm. one of my favorite podcasts because I believe deeply in your ministry and I want mm -hmm. and we and we sow into your ministry and I want so many more people to because I know that it is good soil I know that it's going back into the kingdom I know it's going into the great commission I know that it's going into victims and going into discipleship and I know it's going to the right mm -hmm. places and for those who are watching right now that might say oh these ministers they always ask for donations or who knows what they're doing with it I'm telling you right now out of all the people I know personally that receive donations and have a ministry that, you know, where they need partners, I know this money is going to the right place. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that it is, that it is going to an incredible work that you were doing in that country. And so, um, yeah, man, I just, I love what you're doing, man. And so how could people, uh, get tuned in to like, what's the website? How could people get more information? How could they become partners if they're led right now? Yeah, the website is winthesaints.com, W-H-E-N. So it's, you know, like that song, Win the Saints, Go Marching In. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely check out the website. One of the also kind of the easiest things to, to learn more about the, the ministry is a documentary, an hour-long documentary that also has the same name, Win the Saints. It's on YouTube. You know, if you type in Win the Saints documentary, um, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, vision video is our distributor. It's on vision videos, you know, website as well. So I would really encourage you, you know, if you want to learn more about, uh, how, you know, some of those, those details of how we got started and, and what we're doing, uh, yeah, watch when the saints. And of course, you know, we have Facebook page and, and, you know, different social media, things like that. And, uh, yeah, reach out to us. If you have any questions, uh, if you want to come to Malawi and see it on the ground, Michael and I were just talking about, I'm going to go, yeah, we're going to go meet my family. Yeah, let me know. And we mm -hmm. love having visitors. So, mm -hmm. Yes. And so I want to end this in <laughs> prayer. I want people who are watching to know if you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on, um, you know, if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, in the description section, there's going to be a link that you could easily click on so that you can go straight to the ministry page. And I want to end in prayer, man. I want to pray for uh, Malawi and I want to pray for your ministry. And so, mm -hmm. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are the king of Malawi. I thank you, Lord, that you rule and you reign far above every principality, every power, every might, dominion, every name that is named in this age mm -hmm. and the one to come. And I thank you, Lord, that we are co-seated with you in the heavenly places above all these powers. So I thank you, God, for heavenly wisdom. I thank you for creativity. I thank you for divine ideas that you are putting in the minds 
of David and all the leadership at When the Saints, as well as the government officials and and the, and the high up yeah. people in Malawi and all the different ministries that are working um, in that country. And we just thank you, Father, that you are the one, you are the liberator, you are the mm-hmm. king, you are the one that came to set captives free. You said that was your mission to disciple nations, to set captives free, mm-hmm. to heal the oppressed, to to break off sickness and disease. Like that's what you came to do, to bring your kingdom to this earthly world, God. And so we thank you for that. And I pray that you would raise up the right people, Lord, to come alongside this ministry financially, but also to come alongside this ministry on the ground in Malawi. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are drawing the right connections and the right people like you have done so well in the past and continue to do. And I thank you, Lord Father, for just bringing so much peace to that land, so much peace to that land, Father, that you are the Prince of Peace, Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace, and peace will reign and continue to reign in Malawi and through when the saints, that you are expanding their tent pegs, that you are you are causing them to, to grow, Lord, and to increase so that they could, um, they could do more work, greater work, Lord, in the future. And I think you're bringing the right people, the right timing, and the right partners to make that possible in the mighty name of Jesus. And if someone is listening right now and their heart is moved, and I believe there will be many moved, I thank you, Lord, for putting it in their hearts, Father, to partner with this ministry because it's good soil. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen, David. I love you, bro. I love you as well. (laughs) What you're doing, what you're doing is the heart of the Lord, man. I look forward to continually growing and partnering with your ministry in different ways in the future. And so we're cheering you on, man, and we're praying for you guys. And um, this is just the beginning. Thank you so much. I love your ministry as well. And yeah, all the ways that you're able to just minister to churches and through this Mm -hmm. podcast and books and Mm -hmm. just speak, man, an anointing and continued anointing over what you're doing. And so thank you so much for having me on. And it's such an honor to to partner, you know, to see the advancement of the kingdom of heaven on earth Mm. uh, with with men like you. Yes, yes, man. God puts God, God put us together for a reason. And so thank you so much for coming on with me, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank yes, you as well. Yes. And for those who are watching right now, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, challenged, awakened by the gospel of Jesus. And make sure to go into the description sec- section and click on When the Saints so you can find out more about that ministry. Bless you guys, and I'll talk to you next time on Awakened Podcast. <laughs>
but connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.